Thanks for listening tonight. If you'd like to listen ad-free and get access to exclusive bonus episodes, then check out the Sleepy Bookshelf premium feed in the show notes. Good evening and welcome to the Sleepy Bookshelf, where we put down our worries from the day and pick up a good book. I'm Elizabeth, your host, and I'm so glad to have you here with me. This evening we'll be continuing with Flower Fables, but before we dive back into our book, let's put the day behind us. Imagine you are standing at the edge of a small dock on a peaceful lake. The sun is low in the sky. It's been the perfect summer's day. You can hear the buzz of insects just waking up in the forest behind you, and you can see beautifully colored dragonflies flitting about over the lake. You stretch your arms high over your head and roll your shoulders back. Now, take a deep breath in. Notice how fresh the air feels and smells like pine from the trees around the water's edge. Now, Exhale entirely. Once more. Inhale. And exhale. In our last episode, Thistle was locked in his cell with the brownies keeping watch. He began to call for his friend Lilybell and through his song, she found him. Every day, Lily Bell sat with Thistle to keep his spirits high, until one day, she did not appear. The brownie took Thistle to Lily Bell where she lay, sleeping safely, yet unable to be woken until Thistle had performed three tasks. He must visit the spirits of the air, earth, and water, and bring Lilybell gifts from them. Thistle set off on his journey, seeking these spirits who all wanted him to work hard to earn their trust. He did so, and during this time, he repaired the wrongs he had done to the flowers the bees, and the dragonfly. Eventually, he returned to Lilybell with the final gift of a crown from the water spirits, and she awoke. The brownies crowned Lilybell the queen of the forest, and she, in turn, bestowed her crown to Thistledown, declaring him king. The spirits emerged, and agreed that Thistle would be a wonderful king to Lilybell's queen, and they all lived happily ever after. This evening, we'll hear a story about what or who hatches from a mysterious egg appearing in the nest of a robin. So lie back and relax as I turn to the next pages of Flower Fables. Have you a tale for us too, dear Violet Eye? said the queen as Zephyr ceased. The little elf thus named Luke from among the flower leaves where she sat and with a smile replied, As I was weaving garlands in the field, I heard a primrose tell this tale to her friend, Goldenrod. Fable 5 
little bud. In a great forest, high up among the green boughs, lived Bird Robin and his bright-eyed little mate. They were now very happy. Their home was done. The four blue eggs lay in the soft nest, and the little wife sat still and patient on them, while the husband sang and told her charming tales, and brought her sweet berries and little worms. Things went smoothly on, till one day she found in the nest a little white egg with a golden band about it. My friend, said she, come and see, where can this fine egg have come from? My four are here, and this also. What think you of it? The husband shook his head gravely and said, Be not alarmed, my love. It is doubtless some good fairy who has given us this, and we shall find some gift within. Do not let us touch it, but do you sit upon it carefully and we shall see in time what has been sent us. So they said nothing about it, and soon their home had four little chirping children, and then the white egg opened, and behold, a little maiden lay singing within. Then how amazed were they, and how they welcomed her as she lay warm beneath the mother's wing, and how the young birds did love her. Great joy was in the forest, and proud were the parents of their family, and still more of the little one who had come to them, while all the neighbors flocked in to see Dame Robin's little child and the tiny maiden talked to them and sang so merrily that they could have listened forever. Soon she was the joy of the whole forest, dancing from tree to tree, making every nest her home, and none were ever so welcome as little bud, and so they lived right merrily in the green old forest. The father now had much to do to supply his family with food, and choice morsels did he bring little bud. The wild fruits were her food, the fresh dew in the flower cups her drink, while the green leaves served her for little robes, and thus she found garments in the flowers of the field and a happy home with Mother Robin. And all in the wood, from the stately trees to the little mosses in the turf, were friends to the merry child. And each day she taught the young birds sweet songs, and as their cheerful music rang through the old forest, the stern, dark pines ceased their solemn waving, that they might hear the soft sounds stealing through the dim wood paths, and mortal children came to listen, saying softly, Hear the flowers sing, and touch them not, for the fairies are here. Then came a band of sad little elves to bud, praying that they might hear the sweet music, and when she took them by the hand and spoke gently to them, they wept and said sadly when she asked them whence they came, We dwelt once in fairyland, 
and oh, how happy were we then. But alas, we were not worthy of so fair a home, and were sent forth into the cold world. Look at our robes, they are like the withered leaves, our wings are dim, our crowns are gone, and we lead sad, lonely lives in this dark forest. Let us stay with you, your happy music sounds like fairy songs, and you have such a friendly way with you and speak so gently to us. It is good to be near one so lovely and so kind, and you can tell us how we may again become fair and innocent. Say we may stay with you, kind little maiden. And Bud said, yes, and they stayed. But her kind little heart was grieved that they wept so sadly, and all she could say could not make them happy, till at last she said, Do not weep, and I will go to Queen Dewdrop and beseech her to let you come back. I will tell her that you are repentant and will do anything to gain her love again, that you are sad and long to be forgiven. This I will say and more, and trust she will grant my prayer. She will not say no to you, dear bud, said the poor little fairies. She will love you as we do, and if we can but come again to our lost home, we cannot give you thanks enough. Go, bud, and if there be power in fairy gifts, you shall be as happy as our heart's best love can make you. The tidings of Bud's departure flew through the forest, and all her friends came to say farewell, as with the morning sun she would go. And each brought some little gift, for the land of fairies was far away, and she must journey long. Nay, you shall not go on your feet, my child, said Mother Robin. Your friend Golden Wing shall carry you. Call him here that I may seat you rightly, for if you should fall off, my heart would break. Then up came Golden Wing and Bud was safely seated on the cushion of violet leaves, and it was really charming to see her merry little face peeping from under the broad brim of her cowslip hat. As her butterfly steed stood, waving his bright wings in the sunlight, then came the bee with his yellow honey bags which he begged she would take, and the little brown spider that lived under the great leaves brought a veil for her hat and besought her to wear it, lest the sun should shine too brightly, while the ant came bringing a tiny strawberry, lest she should miss her favorite fruit. The mother gave her good advice, and the papa stood with his head on one side and his round eyes twinkling with delight to think that his little bud was going to fairyland. Then they all sang merrily together till she passed out of sight over the hills and they saw her no more. And now, Bud left the old forest far behind her. Golden Wing bore her swiftly along, and she looked down on the green mountains and the peasants' cottages that stood among overshadowing trees. 
and the earth looked bright with its broad blue rivers winding through soft meadows, the singing birds and flowers who kept their bright eyes ever on the sky. And she sang merrily as they floated in the clear air while her friend kept time with his waving wings. And ever as they went along, all grew fairer, and thus they came to fairyland. As Bud passed through the gates, she no longer wondered that the exiled fairies wept and sorrowed for the lovely home they had lost. Bright clouds floated in the sunny sky, casting a rainbow light on the fairy palaces below, where the elves were dancing, while the low, sweet voices of the singing flowers sounded softly through the fragrant air and mingled with the music of the rippling waves as they flowed on beneath the blossoming vines that drooped above them. All was bright and beautiful, but kind little Bud would not linger, for the forms of the weeping fairies were before her, and though the blossoms nodded cheerfully on their stems to welcome her, and the soft wings kissed her cheek, she would not stay. But on to the flower palace she went, into a pleasant hall whose walls were formed of crimson roses, amid whose leaves sat little elves making sweet music on their harps. When they saw Bard, They gathered round her and led her through the flower-wreathed arches to a group of the most beautiful fairies who were gathered about a stately lily in whose fragrant cup sat one whose purple robe and glittering crown told she was their queen. Bud knelt before her and while tears streamed down her little face, she told her errand and pleaded earnestly that the exiled fairies might be forgiven and not left to pine far from their friends and kindred. And as she prayed, many wept with her, and when she ceased, and waited for her answer, many knelt beside her, praying forgiveness for the unhappy elves. With tearful eyes, Queen Dewdrop replied, Little maiden, your prayer has softened my heart. They shall not be left, sorrowing and alone, nor shall you go back without a kindly word to cheer and comfort them. We will pardon their fault, and when they can bring here a perfect fairy crown, robe and wand, they shall be again received as children of their loving queen. The task is hard for none but the best and purest can form the fairy garments. Yet with patience, they may yet restore their robes to their former brightness. Farewell, good little maiden. Come with them, for but for you, they would have dwelt forever without the walls of fairyland. Good speed to you, and farewell, they all said, as with loving messages to their poor friends, they bore her to the gates. Day after day, 
toiled little bud, cheering the fairies, who, angry and disappointed, would not listen to her gentle words, but turned away and sat alone, weeping. They grieved her kind heart with many cruel words, but patiently she bore with them, and when they told her they could never perform so hard a task and must dwell forever in the dark forest, she answered gently that the snow-white lily must be planted and watered with repentant tears before the robe of innocence could be won, that the sun of love must shine in their hearts before the light could return to their dim crowns, and deeds of kindness must be performed ere the power would come again to their now useless wands. Then they planted the lilies, but they soon drooped and died, and no light came to their crowns. They did no gentle deeds, but cared only for themselves, and when they found their labor was in vain, they tried no longer, but sat weeping. Bud, with ceaseless toil and patient care, tended the lilies which bloomed brightly. The crowns grew bright, and in her hands the wands had power over birds and blossoms, for she was striving to give happiness to others, forgetful of herself. And the idle fairies, with thankful words, took the garments from her, and then, with Bud, went forth to fairyland and stood with beating hearts before the gates where crowds of fairy friends came forth to welcome them. But when Queen Dewdrop touched them with her wand as they passed in, the light faded from their crowns, their robes became like withered leaves, and their wands were powerless. Amid the tears of all the fairies, the queen led them to the gates and said, Farewell, it is not in my power to aid you. Innocence and love are not within your hearts, and were it not for this untiring little maiden who has toiled while you have wept, you never would have entered your lost home. Go and strive again, for till all is once more fair and pure, I cannot call you mine. Farewell, sang the weeping fairies as the gates closed on their outcast friends, who, humbled and broken-hearted, gathered around Bud, and she, with cheering words, guided them back to the forest. Time passed on, and the fairies had done nothing to gain their lovely home again. They wept no longer, but watched little Bud as she daily tended the flowers, restoring their strength and beauty, all with gentle words flew from nest to nest, teaching the little birds to live happily together, and wherever she went, blessings fell, and loving hearts were filled with gratitude. Then, one by one, the elves secretly did some little work of kindness, and found a quiet joy come back to repay them. Flowers looked lovingly up as they passed. Birds sang to cheer them 
when sad thoughts made them weep, and soon little Bud found out their gentle deeds, and her friendly words gave them new strength. So, day after day, they followed her, and like a band of guardian spirits, they flew far and wide, carrying with them joy and peace. And not only birds and flowers blessed them, but human beings also, for with tender hands they guided little children from danger and kept their young hearts free from evil thoughts. They whispered soothing words to the sick and brought sweet odors and fair flowers to their lonely rooms. They sent lovely visions to the old to make their hearts young and bright with happy thoughts. But most tenderly did they watch over the poor and sorrowing, and many a poor mother blessed the unseen hands that laid food before her hungry little ones and folded warm garments round their limbs. Many a poor man wondered at the fair flowers that sprang up in his little garden plot, cheering him with their bright forms and making his dreary home fair with their loveliness, and looked at his once barren field where now waved the golden corn, turning its broad leaves to the warm sun and promising a store of golden ears to give him food while the careworn face grew bright and the troubled heart filled with gratitude towards the invisible spirits who had brought him such joy. Thus time passed on, and though the exiled fairies longed often for their homes still, knowing they did not deserve it, they toiled on, hoping one day to see the friends they had lost, while the joy of their own hearts made their life full of happiness. One day came little Bud to them, saying, Listen, dear friends, I have a hard task to offer you. It is a great sacrifice for you light-loving fairies to dwell through the long winter in the dark, cold earth, watching over the flower roots to keep them free from the little grubs and worms that seek to harm them. But in the sunny spring, when they bloom again, their love and gratitude will give you happy homes among their bright leaves. It is a wearisome task, and I can give you no reward for all your tender care, but the blessings of the gentle flowers you will have saved from death. Gladly would I aid you, but my winged friends are preparing for their journey to warmer lands, and I must help them teach their little ones to fly and see them safely on their way. Then, through the winter, must I seek the dwellings of the poor and suffering, comfort the sick and lonely, and give hope and courage to those who are led astray. These things must I do, but when the flowers bloom again, I will be with you to welcome back our friends from over the sea. Then with tears the fairies answered, Ah, good little bud, you have taken the hardest task yourself, and who will repay you? for all your deeds of tenderness and mercy in the great world. 
should evil befall you, our hearts would break. We will labor trustingly in the earth, and thoughts of you shall cheer us on, for without you we had been worthless beings and never known the joy that kindly actions bring. Yes, dear bud, we will gladly toil among the roots that the fairest flowers may wear their brightest robes to welcome you. Then deep in the earth the fairies dwelt, and no frost or snow could harm the blossoms they tended. Every little seed was laid in the soft earth, watered and washed. Tender roots were folded in with withered leaves that no chilling drops might reach them, and safely dreamed the flowers till summer winds should call them forth, while lighter grew each fairy heart. As every gentle deed was tenderly performed, at length the snow was gone, and they heard little voices calling them to come up. But patiently they worked, till seed and root were green and strong. Then, with eager feet, they hastened to the earth above, where over hill and valley, bright flowers and budding trees smiled in the warm sunlight. Blossoms bent lovingly before them and rang their colored bells till the fragrant air was full of music, while the stately trees waved their great arms above them and scattered soft leaves at their feet. Then came the merry birds, making the wood alive with their cheerful voices, calling to one another as they flew among the vines, building their little homes. Long waited the elves, and at last, She came with Father Robin. Happy days passed, and summer flowers were in their fullest beauty when Bard bade the fairies come with her. Mounted on bright winged butterflies, they flew over forest and meadow till with joyful eyes they saw the flower-crowned walls of fairyland. Before the gates they stood, and soon troops of loving elves came forth to meet them, and on through the sunny gardens they went into the lily hall, where, among the golden stamens of a graceful flower, sat the queen, while on the broad, green leaves around it stood the bright-eyed little maids of honor. Then, amid the deep silence, little Bud, taking the fairies to the throne, said, Dear queen, here I bring back your subjects, wiser for their sorrow better for their hard trial, and now might any queen be proud of them and bow to learn from them that by giving joy and peace to others brings it fourfold to us, bearing a double happiness in the blessings to those we help through the dreary months when they might have dwelt among fair southern flowers beneath a smiling sky, they toiled in the dark and silent earth, filling the hearts of the gentle flower spirits with grateful love, seeking no reward but the knowledge of their own good deeds and the joy they always bring. This they have done 
unmurmuringly and alone. And now, far and wide, flower blessings fall upon them, and the summer winds bear the glad tidings unto those who drew in sorrow. And new joy and strength it brings as they look longingly for the friends whose gentle care hath brought such happiness to their fair kindred. Are they not worthy of your love, dear queen? Have they not won their lovely home? Say they are pardoned, and you have gained the love of hearts pure as the snow-white robes now folded over them. As bud sees, she touched the wandering fairies with her wand, and the dark, faded garments fell away, and beneath the robes of lily leaves glittered pure and spotless in the sunlight. Then, while happy tears fell, Queen Dewdrop placed the bright crowns on the bowed heads of the kneeling fairies and laid before them the wands that their own good deeds had rendered powerful. They turned to thank little Bud for all her patient love, but she was gone, and high above in the clear air they saw the little form journeying back to the quiet forest. She needed no reward but the joy she had given them. The fairy hearts were pure again, and her work was done. Yet all fairyland had learned a lesson from gentle little bud. Now, little sunbeam, what have you to tell us? said the queen, looking down on a bright-eyed elf who sat half-hidden in the deep moss at her feet. I too, like Star Twinkle, have nothing but a song to offer, replied the fairy. And then, while the nightingale's sweet voice mingled with her own, she sang. Fable 6 Clover Blossom In a quiet, pleasant meadow beneath a summer sky where green old trees their branches waved and winds went singing by where a little brook went rippling so musically low and passing clouds cast shadows on the waving grass below where low, sweet notes of brooding birds stole out on the fragrant air, and golden sunlight shone undimmed on almost fresh and fair. There bloomed a lovely sisterhood of happy little flowers together in this pleasant home through quiet summer hours. No rude hand came to gather them, no chilling winds to blight. Warm sunbeams smiled on them by day, and soft dews fell at night. So here, along the brookside, beneath the green old trees, the flowers dwell among their friends, the sunbeams and the breeze. One morning, as the flowers awoke, fragrant and fresh and fair, a little worm came creeping by and begged a shelter there. Ah, pity 
and love me, sighed the worm. I am lonely, poor and weak, a little spot for a resting place, dear flowers, is all I seek. I am not fair and have dwelt unloved by butterfly, bird and bee. They little know that in this dark form lay the beauty they yet may see. Then let me lie in the deep green moss and weave my little tomb and sleep my long unbroken sleep till spring's first flowers come. Then will I come in fairer dress and your gentle care repay by the grateful love of the humble worm, kind flowers, oh let me stay. But the wild rose showed her little fawns, while her soft face glowed with pride. The violet hid beneath the drooping ferns, and the daisy turned aside. Little Houstonia scornfully laughed as she danced on her slender stem, while the cowslip bent to the rippling waves and whispered the tale to them. A blue-eyed grass looked down on the worm as it silently turned away and cried, Thou wilt harm our delicate leaves, and therefore thou canst not stay. Then a sweet, soft voice called out from afar, Come hither, poor worm, to me. The sun lies warm in this quiet spot, and I'll share my home with thee. The wandering flowers looked up to see who had offered the worm a home. It was a clover blossom whose fluttering leaves seemed beckoning him to come. It dwelt in a sunny little nook where cold winds rustled by and murmuring bees and butterflies came on the flower's chest to lie. Down through the leaves the sunlight stole and seemed to linger there as if it loved to brighten the home of one so sweet and fair. Its rosy face smiled kindly down as the friendless worm drew near, and its low, soft voice whispering said, Poor thing, thou art welcome here. Close at my side, in the soft green moss, thou wilt find a quiet bed, where thou canst softly sleep till spring, with my leaves above thee spread. I pity and love thee, friendless worm, thou art not graceful or fair, for many a dark unlovely form hath a kind heart dwelling there. No more over the green and pleasant earth, lonely and poor shalt thou roam, for a loving friend hast thou found in me, and rest in my little home. Then deep in its quiet mossy bed, Sheltered from the sun and shower, the grateful worm spun its winter tomb in the shadow of the flower, and clover guarded well its rest till autumn leaves were sere, till all her sister flowers were gone and her winter sleep drew near. Then her withered leaves were softly spread 
over the sleeping worm below, ere the faithful little flower lay beneath the winter snow. Spring came again, and the flowers rose from their quiet winter graves and merrily danced on their slender stems and sang with the rippling waves. Softly the warm winds kissed their cheeks, brightly the sunbeams fell, as one by one they came again in their summer homes to dwell. And little clover bloomed once more, rosy and sweet and fair, and patiently watched by the mossy bed, for the worms still slumbered there. Then her sister flowers scornfully cried as they waved in the summer air. The ugly worm was friendless and poor little clover, why shouldst thou care? Then watch no more, nor dwell alone away from thy sister flowers. Come dance and feast and spend with us these pleasant summer hours. We pity thee, foolish little flower, to trust what the false worm said. He will not come in a fairer dress, for he lies in the green moss dead. But the little clover still watched on, alone in her sunny home. She did not doubt the poor worm's truth and trusted he would come. At last, the small cell opened wide and a glittering butterfly from out the moss on golden wings soared up to the sunny sky. Then the wandering flowers cried aloud, Clover, thy watch was in vain. He only sought a shelter here and never will come again. And the unkind flowers danced for joy when they saw him thus depart, for the love of a beautiful butterfly is dear to a flower's heart. They feared he would stay in Clover's home and her tender care repay, so they danced for joy when at last he rose and silently flew away. Then little Clover bowed her head while her soft tears fell like dew, for her gentle heart was grieved to find that her sister's words were true, and the insect she had watched so long when helpless, poor, and lone, thankless for all her faithful care on his golden wings had flown. But as she drooped in silent grief, she heard a little daisy cry, Oh, sisters, look, I see him now, afar in the sunny sky. He is floating back from cloudland now, borne by the fragrant air. Spread wide your leaves that he may choose the flower he deems most fair. Then the wild rose glowed with a deeper blush as she proudly waved on her stem. The cowslip bent the clear blue waves and made her mirror of them. Little Houstonia merrily danced and spread her white leaves wide, while Daisy whispered her joy 
and hope as she stood by her friend's kind side. Violet peeped from the tall green ferns and lifted her soft blue eye to watch the glittering form that shone afar in the summer sky. They thought no more of the ugly worm who once had wakened their scorn, but looked and longed for the butterfly now as the soft wind bore him on. Nearer and nearer the bright form came, and fairer the blossoms grew. Each welcomed him in her sweetest tones, each offered him honey and dew. But in vain did they beckon and smile and call, and wider their leaves unclose. The glittering form still floated on by violet, daisy, and rose. Lightly it flew to the pleasant home of the flower most truly fair. On clover's stem he softly lit and folded his bright wings there. Dear flower, the butterfly whispered low. Long hast thou waited for me. Now I am come, and my grateful love shall brighten thy home for thee. Thou hast loved and cared for me when alone hast watched over me long and well, and now will I strive to show the thanks the poor worm could not tell. Sunbeam and breeze shall come to thee and the coolest dews that fall. Whatever a flower can wish is thine, for thou art worthy all. And the home thou shared with the friendless worm, the butterfly's home shall be and thou shalt find, dear, faithful flower, a loving friend in me. Then through the long, bright summer hours, through sunshine and through shower, together in their happy home, dwelt butterfly and flower. Ah, that is very lovely, said the elves, gathering round little sunbeam as she ceased to place a garland in her hair and praise her songs.